This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Good evening everyone. Shalom Aleichem, Baruch We're continuing in Masachas Ksubas Daf HaShavua. Tonight we're learning Daf Nun Beis Amad Beis. Nun Beis, Ben, Ben. Because this is the time of the year that we establish ourselves as Banim Lamakayim, 52. Okay, so the Gemara discusses a very interesting case, three lines in the bottom, non bezam alaf, tanarabana, nishbez, vayimavakshimeno adasar vadameha. If your wife gets captured, they won ten times her value. They say, your wife, she could cook, she could clean, she could, she could, she's a therapist, she puts up with you, I mean, she does ten different things, she charges ten times the amount she could fetch on the marketplace. They won ten times her value. So the Allah is Pamri Shaina Paida. The first time you gotta redeem her. Mikan Meilach, from there and on, they want more than her regular value. Ratsa Paida Ratsa Paida. If you want, you can redeem her. You don't have to. Rav Shem Gamliel, Rav Shem Gamliel says, Ain Paidin Eshashvuyin Yosar Akadei Demeim, and they take an oilam. What happened to the Mishnah and Gitin that we don't redeem captives more than their value? Because otherwise you're just uh, basically encouraging the terrorists to continue to hold people hostage. Why? To, to rectify, to remedy the world. Ha! That's the opinion of Rabin Shimon Gamliel. Ha! But if, let's say, they're asking for her value, you do redeem her. Even though her redemption is more than her Kesuba. So even if they want more than 200 Zuz, if, it's, if she's worth more than 200 Zuz, you've got to keep on redeeming her. So Rav Shungamlil says, you don't pay more than her value. But if it is her value, you pay more than the Ksuba. I, so one Kula we know Rav Shungamlil holds is you don't pay more than her value, but it sounds like you would pay more than the Ksuba. Or a Minu, or a Minhi will ask Asira, Nishbeis, if she's captured, and they would they would ask from her um, if she was captured, and they would and they were asking for ten times the value of the ksuba. Pamri shaina paida the first time you redeem her mikan be'elach from there and on ratsa paida ratsa ina paida. Rishim Gamliel Omer, no, Imhaya Prakuna Kenegek Subasa Paida. You only have to redeem her if it's the value of her Ksuba. Imla, but if it's more than the Ksuba, Enoi Paida. So here we're seeing you don't have to pay more than the Ksuba. The first statement of Rishim Gamliel is you don't have to pay more than her value, but you do have to pay more than the Ksuba. The second statement of Rishim Gamliel is you also don't have to pay more than the Ksuba. So it's a stira. The first statement implies you'd pay more than the Ksuba. The second statement implies you don't pay more than the Ksuba. Says Gemara, Roshim Gamliel, Roshim Gamliel maintains two leniencies. Leniency number one, you don't pay more than her value. Leniency number two, you don't pay more than the Ksuba. Okay. The Mishnah said, If she was stricken, by the way, the Mishnah doesn't say that. The Mishnah says, if she became ill, Remember that? No, no, the Mishnah does say Laksa. 
The Mishnah says Laksa. She was struck. The, right, so the Mishnah does not say Chalsa. Says the Gemara Tanarabanan, Almana Nizainis Minichse Yusaimim. The Almana is sustained from the property of the Yusaimim. Utsricha Rufua. And if she needs medicine, Harehi Kamazainis. That's like Mazainis, and it has to be supplied. And therefore, since it's like Mazainis, it comes from the Nechse Yusaimim. The Almana is Nizanas Minichse Yusaimim. And if she needs Rufua, that is like Mazainis. Ramashim Gamliel Aimer, Ramashim Gamliel says, Rufua Sheyeshla Kitzba, if it's Rufua that has a set amount, Nisrapis Miksubasa, she's healed from the Ksuba. Right? If it's a lump sum, the doctor says, look, you know, I'm gonna, all it's gonna take is treatment, it's gonna cost a thousand dollars. And I never have to see you again. Obviously, this doctor doesn't have the business aspect down. Every, everybody knows a good doctor, you, you know, you never shake them, right? You, you, have to, you always have to come back for visiting day. So, but let's say the doctor says, um, there's a set amount, a set medical expense comes out of the ksuba. She'en la kitzba, but if it's a condition that's perennial, it's a chronic condition, harehi kamzainas, that comes out of the estate of the assignment. So that's an interesting principle. A set lump sum comes from the ksuba. Now the ksuba is capped out at 200 zuz. But if it's uh, chronic, then it comes from the estate of the assignment. Amar Rabbi Yochan, Rabbi Yochan said, Asu hakazaz dam be'eretz Yisrael kirafua she'en la kitzvah. Rabbi Yochanan said they made bloodletting in Eretz Yisrael like like Rufua She'ein La Kitzba. They made Hakazaz Dam Be'eretz Yisrael, they made bloodletting like an unlimited expense because it was something they, they constantly did. They constantly bloodlet in Eretz Yisrael. So that was considered like Mazoinois and it was collected from the estate of the Yisraelim. Okay, Kreve de Rabbi Yochanan, the relatives of Rabbi Yochanan, Havalahu Itas Abba, had a wife of their father, an Almana. Rabbi Yochanan's relative had a, there was an Almana in the, in the family. She needed medical assistance. So every day, they came before Rabbi Yochanan. Excuse me, I, I didn't read it correctly. The woman needed medical attention daily. So we said a chronic condition comes from the Yisraelim's uh, estate. So this is really depleting the estate. So Rabbi Yochanan has an einfall. Rabbi Yochanan says, get a doctor to, to agree to treat this woman as a one lump sum. Then you're capped out by the ksuba. So, they came to Rabbi Yochanan. He said, I have a great idea. Go set a set price by a doctor. Find a doctor that's willing to say, I will treat this woman. Uh, you give me a thousand dollars, and I'll treat her whenever she needs. But then Rabbi Yochan felt bad that he gave that advice. Because basically what he did is he made himself like an attorney. In, Mish- in Perk Yavis it says, don't like arrange an argument for one of the litigants. Don't arrange an argument 
for them to try to win their court case. I made myself like an attorney. You're not supposed to do that. Like just offer assistance to one side and, and like instruct them how to claim. So Gemara says, okay, he felt bad about it. Why did he do it in the first place? In the beginning, what did he think? In the end, what did he think? Originally he thought it's true, you're not supposed to make yourself like an attorney. But not for a relative. What's a relative there for? A relative is there to help his relative. You can't ignore your relative. So what did he hold in the end? In the end he held, An important person is different that somebody might learn from his behavior and apply it even in a case where it's not applicable. By the way, there's a beautiful Rebbe Kiveger on the words, I believe we're going to read it on Yom HaKippurim. It's the Haftarah of Yom HaKippurim. Yeah. Rebbe Kiveger is uh, going on the Pasuk, Excuse, um, if you see a lost object, we darshan pa'amim sha'ata masalim. Sometimes you'll have to look away from it. For example, zakein ve'en olafi chvaidai, if somebody is an older, older person and it's not in accordance with his honor to pick up the aveda, he's allowed to make believe he didn't see it. Rabbi Kiva Eger says, that means when it says, loy tesalim, it means there are no exceptions to the rule. Because it's a by Aveda, it's Pa'amim Sha'ata Masalim. Sometimes you could ignore them. But by a relative, you're not, there are no, there are no exceptions. When, a re, when there's a relative that needs help, there are no excuses, basically. That's what we read on Yom HaKippurim. Says the Mishnah, new, new stuff. Now we're going to talk about Ksubas Benindichren. Ksubas Benindichren is like this. Technically speaking, if a woman dies, the husband inherits the ksuba. If he had two wives, he inherits both ksubas. If he had children from both wives, and they die, and he inherits both ksubas, and then he dies, so then all the respective children will inherit from him equally, irrespective of what their respective mother's ksuba was, but now he inherited, and then they all inherit him differently. But we're going to see there's a takana, that when he inherits the wives' ksubas, and then he dies... The children of those wives, the sons inherit their mother's ksubas, and the other sons inherit their mother's ksubas. And the reason for that, the Gemara is going to say, is it's to encourage fathers to write big dowries for their daughter. If a father would know that maybe other children would inherit their daughter's dowry, they would be hesitant to write a big dowry. But we want a father to make his daughter very desirous of being married. So therefore... Um, says the Mishnah, Loi Kasavla Benin Dichren. If he did not make the stipulation of Benin Dichren, the Havu Lechaminoi that you have from me, Inun Yarsin, Kasuk Subasech, that they will inherit your, the money of your Ksuba, Yeser Al Chulkayan Demachloin, more than their share with the other brothers, Chayev. He still has to fulfill that. Tanai, Shehu Tanai Bezdin. This is a stipulation of the Bezdin, irrespective of whether it was written in the Ksuba. Benin Nukvin Dihavain Lichiminoi. Female children that you have from me. 
Yahavian Yasvan Bevesi will sit in my house, Umitsinan Minichsi, and will be sustained from my property Ad until they're taken by husbands. The din is that girls don't inherit their father. But what are they supposed to do if the father dies? So there's a there's a in the ksuba was typically written. Whatever female child that we have together will be able to sit in my estate and eat off my estate until they're taken as a wife. So the Allah is chayev. You're chayev. You're chayiv to, you're obligated to have them eat off your estate. Why? Shuhu t'nai bezdin. At tehe yasva beveisi umitsina minichsi kol yamei megar almanuseich beveisi chayiv. There's another stipulation. If a guy dies, the woman is allowed to stay in his proper, stay on his in his house, be sustained from his property. As long as she remains in Almana, even if that wasn't written, Chayev, your Chayev should Tanai Bezin. So basically, until she goes ahead and marries someone else, she is going to be sustained from his property. Until she goes ahead and marries someone else, she's going to be sustained. Um, from his property. Even if that wasn't written, it's a Tanai Bezin. This is what the men of Jerusalem would write in their Ksuba. Anshe Galil, the men of the Galilee, would write the same as the Anshe Yushalayim. But Anshe Yehuda would say, Maybe there's an Eitzah to get her out. Meaning, so long as she doesn't collect her ksuba, as long as she doesn't get married, and she doesn't say, hey, pay me the 200 zuzah of the ksuba, she's allowed to stay on his, in his house and eat off his real estate and live there. Are the sons allowed to buy her out and say, hey, lady, um, here are your 200 zuz, get off. You know, you're living here, it costs $2,000 a month, and we have to pay for upkeep, upkeep and cleaning, and it's a very... No, here's your 200 zuz, get lost. So the Anshu Yushalm and Galil, they automatically wrote that she gets to stay there as long as she doesn't remarry. Um, and she doesn't claim her ksuba. And they cannot pay off her ksuba to get her off. However, the Anshu Yehuda would write, until the Yarshim want to give her the ksuba. Lefikach, since that what was... That's what was written in Ratsu Yarshin. If the Yarshin want Noisan Laksuba, so they could give her the Ksuba, Upaitra and they can exempt her. And they can exempt her. And they could basically throw her off the land and say, Get lost! We paid you the Ksuba, you can't stay here anymore. Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Misham Rabbi Shimon Yechai. Rabbi Yochanan said the name of Rajbi. Why did the Chachamim enact that when a mother dies and the father inherits the Ksuba and then the father dies that the children from the respective mothers let's say the guy was married to two women they inherit their mother's Ksuba. You know why? Because if 
other children would be able to inherit the Ksuba, a father would not want to write his daughter a big dowry. And we want Adam, so a person should jump and write a big suba for his daughter like he would to his son. Because we want to do everything uh, that we can to make a father make his daughter um, a commodity. Says Gemara, wait a second. Midday Raisa, you don't have to write a dowry for your daughter. Is there anything that the Torah says the son inherits, the daughter doesn't inherit? And the rabbis come along and that the daughter should inherit? Meaning, do, is there anything that the Chachamim said that we have the daughter inherit? Meaning that the father should give her his money? That really it was uh, something that his son should inherit? Really this father's sons should have inherited this money. And we're encouraging to write it to his daughter so that his daughter's family should inherit the money. Do we find such a thing? Says Gemara, you bet. Hanami da'iraisa, that is da'iraisa. The Pasuk says in Yirmiya. It's interesting that the Gemara calls the Pasuk in Yirmiya da'iraisa. Kechu nashim, take women, v'hoilidu banim, and have, give birth to boys, ubanes and girls, u'kechu levnechem nashim, take wives for your sons, and your daughters give to men. So the Torah is saying, take wives for your sons. That's easy because the boy is the one who usually goes out and takes the girl. But what would it mean? And your daughters give to men. Bishlama banim kaimi. Bishlama sons. It stands in your hand. You could be the active party in marrying off your sons. The sons are usually the one who go out and get married. Is, it, is the daughter in your hands that you could just marry her off? You can't marry off your daughter. She has to be taken. Says Gemara HaKamash, what the Pasuk is saying is the Nalbasha, dress her up, give her real estate, oh, and cover her. The of Lamidi give her some land. That people should want her. And want to marry her. So we have an indication in the Navi that it's a father's responsibility to uh, bedeck and pachka up his daughter so that harbu uh, How much should you give to your daughter as a dowry? Viad kama. Up to a tenth of your money you should spend. Now, I don't think that's referring to tzedakah. It's a different expense. At the end of the day, nothing, not too much is left for you. <laughs> but it's going to a good cause. Okay, so now the Gemara asks... 
So think about Ksubas Benin Dechren. Ksubas Benin Dechren is a guy marries a, uh, two girls, they die, he inherits their Ksubas, and then he dies, the children of the respective wives inherit the Ksuba. Why would they inherit the Ksuba? I understand they should inherit the dowry part of the Ksuba, because that's the whole reason we're Mesakein, that they inherit so that the father writes the daughter a big dowry, but the regular 200 Zuz that he, the husband gives to her, why would the respective children of each uh, wife inherit that? Why should they inherit the husband? The answer is if the father knows that they're only going to inherit him and they're not going to inherit the son-in-law, the father's like, I'm not giving you anything. If that cheapskate son-in-law is not going to participate in this, I'm not, I'm not paying anything out of my pocket. You know how father-in-laws you know, might think. You know, the father-in-law says, if all it is that they're, they're going to take from me and not from him, no, I'm out of it. I'm only in this if I have a partner in this. Um... The father won't write the dowry. Says the Gemara, but sometimes the father doesn't write a dowry. In that case, why in the world would they inherit the ksuba from the husband? The, whole re- the only reason you inherit the ksuba from the husband is to in, um, inspire the... The only reason you inherit the ksuba from the husband is to inspire the father to write um, the dowry. But if there's no dowry, why would they inherit the ksub? The rabbis never differentiated. Meaning the rabbis made a uniform takana that they all that the Benin Dikhan always inherit the ksuba. Says Gemara a daughter among sons should also inherit. What does that mean? If the whole reason is that we want the father to write a dowry, well, what if that man had sons from the other woman and daughters from this woman? And now both women die, and then he dies, and the... Ksuba is being inherited, the daughter doesn't inherit anything. So the daughter doesn't inherit, but won't that interfere with the whole inspiring of trying to get the uh, father to write a dowry? Then it should apply that even a daughter should inherit. The lambdas here is they made benin dichren like inheritance, and a daughter does not inherit when there are other boys. But says bas teros. But at least in a case where there are girls from both sides, we should apply that the daughter from this woman should inherit the ksuba. No loy plug rabbanon. The rabbanon made a loy plug. They didn't give. Girls, ksubas benin Since they didn't do it when they're boys, they didn't do it ever. Why don't they in- collect from a taltalin? Since the whole reason is they want the father to write in the dunya. What if the father wrote in the dunya of metaltalin? 
so shouldn't they inherit metaltalin? But why is the din that Ksubas bin Indichron you only inherit from Karka? The din that they inherit is like the collecting of a ksuba. And a ksuba you only collect from karka. Says the Gemara, Titraf Mimishabdi. If it's like a ksuba, ksuba collects from Mishubadim, so why doesn't the ksubas benendichren collect from Mishubadim? Says more bayarsam tanan. It's a din in Yerusha. Yerusha only collects from bnei chayren. Now we learned this before. The din of ksubas benendichren is technically the Torah is being mavatel Yerusha here. Technically, all the sons of this man should inherit everything equally. So the halacha is that the din of ksubas benendichren is only if after they split, after each. Son takes his mother's respective ksuba. There's a dinar of the estate left over that they could split. But if there's not a dinar of the estate left over that they could split to be mekayim yerushamadaraisa, the whole thing is off. So it says Gemara ve'ema afagav delekam moisar dinar. Say this din of ksubas benindichren applies even if you don't have a dinar left over. Says Gemara b'makam dekama akre nachla daraisa leitokin rabbanan. In a situation that they're uprooting. Biblical Nachla, the Rabbanon did not make a Takana. The Rabbanon only were Masakin if you could still be Mekayim, the din of Yerusha Dairaisa. If you can't be Mekayim, the din of Yerusha Dairaisa, the Rabbanon never made the Takana. It's similar to um, we know that if Brismila comes out on Shabbos, you do a bris milah. I We know we're not going to blow shofar this year on Shabbos. Why don't we blow shofar on Shabbos? Shema Yavi Renu. So why do we do bris milah on Shabbos? What about Shema Yavi Renu? So there's a famous Taz. It's called the Taz Hayadua. There's even a sefer from David Cohen of Coney Island Avenue. It's called Hataz Hayadua who says that there's a special pasuk that says you don't do milah on Shabbos. The Chachamim cannot come and be oiker in explicit pasuk. But there's no explicit pasuk that you do shofar on Shabbos. It just says you blow shofar. It happens to be even on Shabbos. So you're mekayim it by blowing shofar during the week, but not on Shabbos. But you can't be oikr something legamri. It's similar to what this Gemara is saying. That the only time the Chachamim could institute ksubas benendichren is at least you're mekayim the doirai sadika yerusha to some extent. If you're oikr it legamri, there's no din of ksubas benendichren. Rabbi Isai, thank you very much. Next week, Bezos Hashem, hopefully we could do Monday and Tuesday. Okay, Rabbi Say, have a wonderful night. Bracha Vatzlacha, Kaltov. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.